0: Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Her Aversion. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories of struggle and triumph, a platform that allows individuals to tell their truth in order to inspire and uplift others. For those of you that are new to this podcast and like content like this, make sure you hit that subscribe button, follow, like, and share. I am your host, Sabrina Victoria. Let's jump right in. Hey. For joining us today for this episode of Her Aversion. This platform is built on storytelling and the understanding that many times our greatest learning experiences come from listening to other people's stories. Today I'm speaking with an amazing woman known, named Joanne Oswell Oswell Jones. Joanne's quest for wanting to feel connected to her inner security and personal strength started at a very young age and was driven by a primal childhood need for security. This manifested in competitive behavior and seeking outside of herself for validation. I totally get that. Her life's path, choices and challenges found her as a mother of two young daughters in the middle of a psychologically abusive divorce, leaving that relationship with a one million pound debt with a crucial turning point in helping her connect to herself and eventually lead to her developing the six essential steps book. She is a life improvement and mindset coach and hosts the podcast, the Joanne Oswell Jones podcast. Welcome Joanne. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here. Really? Yes. I love it when I hear stories of women who had or went through something, big T, little T trauma, and used that to really catapult themselves forward in giving back and helping others in a similar space. I just think that that is so cool. And I think it's the best place to be working from. 100%.
1: And actually, you know, the thing is, Sabrina, we all choose when we come into this lifetime, we choose our challenges, and we choose our burdens. And the reason why we choose them is because they hopefully guide us to where we need to be going so that we can be service to humanity, we can bring forth our uniqueness and our gifts, and then help others. So you know what, we have to love the challenges, (laughs) as much as we hate them at the same time, we have to love them. Yeah, it's been so interesting with my
0: story because I remember hating my challenges, playing the victim. And then I remember for the first few times hearing, you know, life happens for you, not to you, and understanding the concept of it, but not really living in that space emotionally and mentally, but then continuing the work and understanding it so well now that the amount of time that I spend in like woe is me mentality when a new challenge hits me is like minute. It's
1: like, I mean, pretty much just like minutes compared The thing is, you're so right because the thing is, is as I began to learn when I started my journey and when I will go to that in a minute when I was younger, but as I started really investing in personal development and emotional healing and as I started looking at- The challenges before me, why I was attracting certain behavior. What happens is the fear starts to dissipate because you start to go, why am I attracting this? Right. And so instead of saying, help, help, I'm in fear, I can't handle this, or, you know, what a nasty person that is, or how could they do that to me and being a victim, when you say, what am I being shown here? Like you say, the, the, the channeled information comes through in minutes and you go, oh, that's the lesson. And then it's gone and then it's gone. And then, you know, you might have a couple of months of hiatus of smooth living and then bam, the next challenge comes in. But that's the point. The point is to play this game of life is to handle the challenges so that they strengthen you, and so that you can just simply say, "What am I being shown here? What is it that I need to learn?" You know, is it boundaries? Is it self-love? Is it forgiveness? Is it strength? It's you know, when you look at it like that. Don't get me wrong; I am sure, like you and any anyone else yes. watching the podcast or listening, there are times I've gone, "You have got to be kidding." I did not pick this. Yeah. I did not. Um, but we do, and we do. And like you say, when you, when you look at it from that perspective, and you say, what am I being shown? It goes in an instant, right? Yes, 100. So I know that you
0: have, I'm super excited to dig into your book, um, and the things that you have from your own personal journey. But before we get to that, I would love to hear a little bit about your story and maybe just a story that changed, you know, your your life, the pivot that happened for you,
1: and then what you now have learned from it. Okay, so if we go back to the beginning, so I think, you know, like I said, we all choose our burdens and we choose our life contracts and our life path. And so for me, mine started when I was around five years old, my parents got divorced. And at that time, and I think anyone else um, listening will appreciate that, you know, as children... um, we often take the responsibility upon ourselves. We think it's our fault. So had we been you know, um, more intelligent, happier, smarter, we could have stopped any perceived challenge or tragedy from happening. So my parents divorced and the situation was that then my father no longer wanted to see us, okay? Um, and so in my little head, in my little five-year-old head, Um, I felt that that was my fault. So I felt that, you know, perhaps had I been smarter, had I been more intelligent, had I been cleverer, had I been a good girl or a better girl, I'd have been able to stop this from happening. Of course, I had no idea that my father's, my parents' issues were their own issues, right? I was just part of that pattern and that game. And so it was at that point in my subconscious mind and um, as a young child that... I figured there was something wrong with me. And so that I then had to become the best at everything. So, I, because I was suffering from separation anxiety and, you know, I couldn't really understand what was going on, I internalized it as, you know, I was the one that needed fixing and I needed to be better. And so this started many, many years of um, self competition and seeking validation outside of myself so you know like second place was never good enough okay so I had to be for example at five years old I swam a mile we lived in Africa at the time in Zambia um, and I swam a mile up against like 17 year olds and there I was this five year old in the pool swimming like hell refusing to get out until I'd achieved that mile and then you know like my first job it was I got my first job at the Ritz and then You know, I became the the youngest director of sales in London. And so it went, on it went. So whatever the achievements were, it was never enough. I didn't know, I had no idea that I was seeking outside of myself for love and for validation. I had no idea that my self-worth was actually outside of myself. Like I had no self-worth, okay? I just figured that I liked competition and I liked being the best at what I was doing. But actually, there was so uh, little inside of me. There was nothing inside of me. It was all external. And that then sort of transferred into my relationship with men. So I was, you know, looking for this love and this validation from the missing father, effectively. Um, And I would then attract um, unavailable men. So whether that be unavailable emotionally, unavailable because they were in another relationship, um, and 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 so this ensued, and this carried on, and I then. Got married, you know, um, thought I'd met the man of my dreams. Of course, you know, life went just um, every relationship is an assignment, right? So whatever's going on within you is before you. And therefore, the universe does that magical thing of bringing someone in to meet you who's going to smack you right in the face to show you exactly what's missing within. So we had like a relatively happy marriage to begin with. And then I had the birth of my first daughter. And I would say that that was the pivotal moment in my life. That was the up until that point, I didn't know anything about personal development, emotional healing. Um, I was very curious. I was always um, interested in anything that was off the beaten track. So anything that seemed unusual, I was interested in, but I hadn't quite understood personal development and emotional healing until I had my first daughter and it was at that point that I remember looking at her thinking wow you are just the most beautiful beautiful thing in the world and how on earth am I going to navigate being a present wonderful beautiful mum when actually inside emotionally I feel a wreck like I'm I'm so disconnected from my authentic self and the truth of who I am. I had actually, I had no idea who I was, okay? I was living this typical, I suppose you'd call it the American dream, you know, the American life, but yet inside I was completely disconnected. So that was the turning point. That was the turning point for me. And I started to read, I started to um, self-develop, I started to work on my health. Um, I retrained into natural medicine, I'd been director of sales for a large hotel company and um, something inside was saying to me, there's so much more, something much more enriching. And I'd had this notion when I was a child that either it was gonna be that I would own my own hotel chains or I was going to have some sort of holistic centre, although I couldn't articulate that as a child. But there was something inside saying, you know, it was one of these two routes. So I'd done the hotel bit, had this beautiful daughter, and um, just thought, I- I- I've got to get myself into shape here. Um, I've, got- I've got to be a good mum. And um, that's when I retrained. So I retrained into natural medicine and retrained as a neurologist, a naturopath specialist in natural health and healing. And from there, opening up my um, natural health practices, that's when I really started to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, become fascinated with um, metaphysical, the metaphysics side of life and with personal development and emotional healing. And, and so that was the, the turning point point. and suddenly feeling amazing, fantastic, <clears throat> learning so much about rejuvenation, about personal development, about, Letting go of fear, all these magical, amazing things, and wallop, found myself right in the middle of you know, a biggest lesson, which was my divorce. And the whole freaking deck of cards came crashing down. So yeah, that was that was fairly pivotal at that moment. Oh, I I can't hear you. What caused the divorce? Okay, so um, I would say growth um, on my, my part. Wow. Um, they, I would say life contracts. and I'd also say, um, so when my so when the girls were younger, so I then had another daughter, we had the, our girls quite close together. and um, my ex-husband um, at the time well had an affair with a woman who was 16 years older than me. And so I was in this phase of learning, okay, and I um, I got it. I got it completely, okay, because his own childhood was challenging, as for most of us it is. So there he was. Um, he had been sent off to boarding school at a very young age, um, and so he was never taught to um, – To negotiate or talk or discuss and so for him what would happen is when things were uncomfortable they would just be swept under the carpet rather than dealt with okay so we had planned both our children actually we had planned the girls and we'd had a conversation um, about how we were going to bring up our daughters and one of the things he said to me was you know will you love our children like i mean really love them because that's something so important to me. And I was like, that's a given, of course it's a given. Um, But of course the practicalities for him when that came along and my attention was being put into this kind of two-year-old and and, and well, there was 21 months between the girls. So the practicality was that, you know, we were drifting apart and he was feeling jealous. Um, And I don't say that in a nasty way but the child within him was feeling jealous and feeling unwanted, unheard. And so he decided, rather than speaking to me about it, I mean, I remember saying to him once, we we were having a hug and I said, we're okay, aren't we? I said, look, I know we have a toddler in our bed and we have a baby and we're not having much sex. And, you know, I." but are we okay? Is everything okay? And he was like, yeah, 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 no, of course. But of course it wasn't. And, you know, so he had gone outside of the marriage and he was in a relationship with a woman who was 16 years old senior to me i got it completely i could see it from the point of view of um it was mother issues right i mean listen <laughs> normally you're having to compete with a dolly bird right but you know it, here's me then trying to compete with someone 16 years older than me so i said look i you know i can be your wife your lover your partner but i can't be your mother i have two children and if that's what you're looking for then you need, to, you need to go to her or you need to do some work on yourself. So that was, I suppose, the first chink, you know, I would say. And we got over that. I get it. Everyone screws up. Everyone, you know, makes mistakes. Everyone has a reason. But then what happened was I was beginning to grow and I was loving it. I was, you know, finding out about personal development and emotional healing and how to thrive. And I started to lose respect for him, you know, as I started to gain respect for myself. And so the behavior between us, if I look at, I look back and I think about how, how dreadful, actually, I remember saying this in, a, in one of my um, coaching sessions for myself, is that how dreadful he treated me in the marriage. But you know what, Sabrina, it's how I treated myself. That's why, you know, that's why the universe was just highlighting to me exactly what was going on within myself. So that's what kind of led to the breakdown of the marriage. And then there was a lot of deceit, a lot of financial deception, um, and some pretty um, horrific stuff, but challenging stuff, all for me to learn to rise up and elevate and overcome. And so it was during that time and navigating this divorce and i say psychological abuse because at that time i didn't even understand what gaslighting was it wasn't evoking. i don't see myself as a victim um i was always i was always like come on let's do this dig deeper sort things out um but it was at times when I would think I was going mad because he would say things that I hadn't done, but I would begin to question myself. And it was all a game. It was a game for him to try and weaken me and break me. Um, and, and that's where the psychological abuse came in. But actually, you know, I look back now and I'm so pleased. I mean, I remember. One night, sitting on the sofa with a very large glass of Mr. Merlot, and I was sitting there going, Oh my God, this is going to go one way or the other, you know. And I decided that I needed to develop some really core nourishing principles in my life so that I could get through the nightmare um, and bring up my girls the best way I possibly could. And so that's how I started to develop my six essential steps. And that's where, so from the deceit, the deception, um, the financial, you know, deception, and um, the nastiness came the solution, which was the six essential steps. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Um, You know, individuals who are stepping into personal development, you know, who have a similar story as us where they went through, they're going through some stuff, they bumped into personal development, And they're reading a lot of time, at least for me, and from what I've heard from past clients, it could be sort of overwhelming because there's like a lot of stuff um, that's kind of dumped on you using your personal journey or your thoughts, or even from your book. um, What would you say should be like the first few steps that someone should
1: take towards better in their life. Mm, Okay, so if you look at um, what I say and what I believe is that our lives fall into six, we have six core principles, okay? So we have our physical health, we have our relationships and we have our personal development. And they're three pretty precious core principles. And when they break or smash, okay, they're very difficult to come back from. So you look at someone who has a chronic illness or chronic imbalance, whether that be arthritis, cancer, whatever, but someone who's critically um, unwell. You look at someone who's going through divorce, relationship issues, and you look at someone with no self-worth or no no self-love. So those three core principles are very precious and, and and more difficult to bounce back from. But them being out of balance then affects the next three core principles, which are basically your lifestyle and your money and prosperity, and then your joy and your gratitude and your attitude. Okay, so my, my life, all six were out of balance because the core three were out of balance. Mm-hmm. So everything was out of balance. So I started to intuitively learned to believe in myself and what I was from reading books and from channeled information I started to develop the three the six essential steps but the focus was the health the relationships and the personal development and I would say when I talk about relationships at that point I'm talking about more about the relationship with yourself so For me, and and why I developed these steps was I thought, okay, so my health has to be absolutely brilliant. I have to really make sure I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm hydrated, I've got two young daughters to bring up, I've got a very angry, nasty ex-husband, and I've got a million pounds worth of debt. So I need to be on the top of my game. And it's overwhelming, but one step at a time, one change, and, and suddenly you know, another one, the path unfolds before you. The same with my relationships, I had to say, okay, this is all on me now, I have to look. I knew at that point, I knew that every relationship was an assignment and I knew that we're all one ultimately. And so what is before us is within us. And so if the state of my relationships was so dysfunctional, then I had to be pretty dysfunctional within myself. So I started to work on that. And using the third step, which is the personal development and the emotional healing, which was to peel the layers back. And so, whether that be for me, it was a lot of reading books, it was a lot of walking in nature, it was a lot of um, having different types of healing sessions like key massage. Um, So, to answer your question, whilst it's overwhelming and somebody um, doesn't know where to start, if they look at the six Core principles within their life. And they just start with one. I mean, I would say the relationship with yourself is the most important, and your health. The first three, I think, are the most important. And start working with those and unpick. And listen, it's a journey, right? Christ, I'm 25 years in on this journey. Um, But, you know, ultimately, I believe when you work on the six essential steps and you work on those core three, Ultimately, we're all being asked to step into our own inner security. Okay. We have every single answer within us, and we're being asked to step up and step forth and connect to that inner security and to connect to that own authority. You know, don't hand your power to someone else. Don't, you know, if you've got something wrong with your health, work it out yourself self-dive you know you have the power the body is so intelligent and can heal itself relationships can heal themselves prosperity can heal itself so just start working at knitting that inner security together and then the steps start to fall into place
0: absolutely i love that and i think that um, giving someone a couple of categories to start with is the key. Cause there is so, you know, there is so many different aspects, um, that somebody could choose from when you say, believe in yourself, what does that exactly mean to you?
1: So it means that you have to connect with, you have to, you have to 100% connect with your inner security um, so when you're seeking outside of yourself, OK, so you've got to be really real with yourself and learn to tap into the greatness within and the authentic self within. That's your inner security. You know, the ego of um, wanting to be two sizes less or wanting your hair perfect or doing things So believing in yourself is really connecting to that strength within, to that greatness within your authentic self. Your authentic self is what's connected to the divine. Okay, when you're when you're in your center and you're connected to that, nothing, nothing that anyone will say can knock you off center because you're in your truth. You're in your power. You're in your truth. Um, when you're not, so that's really believing in yourself. So then you're willing to make decisions on what intuitively feels right to you, and what makes sense to you from a mind body being perspective. So whether that be you move to a new town, whether you change career, but you're listening to the voice within and the greatness within. And therefore, then all the insecurities fall away, all the all the need to get love from that married man down the road or or seek um, happiness in that bottle of wine, that all falls away because that's the ego. And that's the part of you that doesn't believe in yourself because the ego doesn't want you to believe in yourself because when you do, oh my God, you go and create miracles out there. So it's really working within and it's working on those three core steps and being in your center. Did I answer that? correctly
0: yeah, yeah yeah definitely what would you say you know going through all of this what would you say was like one of the biggest limiting beliefs that you had to let go of in order to really step into the woman that you are
1: today um learning well having no value okay so not valuing myself um not just not believing that i was worthy or capable of, but that was the ego. That's the ego mind, okay? Because when you connect to the inner security, that's when you know you can do anything. And I think that for me, to be honest, has probably been the the biggest long playing um, lesson. So being left with that million pounds worth of debt, and then subsequently finding out that during our marriage, there was so much financial deception, And this is gonna be in the next book, which um, I won't go into too much now, but it it turns out that when we were married, my um, ex-husband had millions of pounds hidden, which wasn't actually disclosed during our divorce proceedings and or financials. So I got left, and the million pounds worth of debt was all um, planned, planned to break me. Um, And yet there was millions and millions available. So for me, losing all money, losing everything, losing our home, losing everything, losing the the clothes on my back, losing absolutely everything was one of the greatest gifts. Because that journey of being, I would say, poor for a long time, um, was the challenge that I chose to help me connect to my inner security. Because as the weight started to gain again, as as the stress levels were high as there was nothing to fall back on i had to fall back on myself yeah. and so that was yeah i would say that that was my biggest limiting belief and that was the, that was the inner security and that was actually triggered by the primal childhood need looking for security yeah. right so so it took literally being stripped of everything to finally go you know it's so interesting um I realized I'd connected to that inner security on one occasion when I had literally not a penny in any account, okay, just zero, zero, zero. Um, I had no decent clothes. I had um my hair desperately needed dyeing, and it was that like all this gray was coming through. And I was out walking, practicing one of my essential steps. And I, my, honestly, if somebody had seen me, I had like, you know, sneakers on that were just so old, sweatpants that were just a mess. And there I was out walking and to the outside world, I'm sure people thought, oh my God, you know, what a mess type thing. And, you know, I just laughed because in that moment I felt so powerful, like so powerful, like if you would ask me to stand up in front of the world and give a presentation, 100% hands down, looking as I did, feeling how I did. And I sat down on a bench and I went, so this is what it feels like to be connected to your inner security. Mm -hmm. And I just laughed and I thought, okay, lesson learned, I've got it. And I think that's been the one that's taken me the longest, um, the longest to achieve. And yeah, yeah, it's a nice place to be. Yes. You're not frightened of anything then. Yeah, exactly. What does success mean to you? Being connected to you in a security. (laughs) Being connected to you in a security, being able to um, back yourself and sit with yourself and follow the path that you want to follow and bring forth your unique gifts to the world because we all all have a calling. We all have, um, you know, being successful really is um, accomplishing your life contract 100% because we come in with certain challenges that we have to overcome. So one of my mantras, I always say, you know, the task ahead is never as great as the power within. So, to me, the success is that when we get back to the other side, we go, oh, yeah, we did it. We did that. We did that. We did that. We did that. And so, you know, for people who say, you know, um, success is manifested in, you know, a happy but very dull and unfulfilled marriage, it's, it's not success. For people who stay in situations in a job for 30, 40 years out of fear, um, that's not success. Um, and I don't mean that in an unkind way. What I mean is that, you know, fulfilling your and overcoming your biggest challenges and stepping outside of that comfort zone, that's success, yeah. you know, success. I want to ask
0: regarding <clears throat> what you're talking about with backing yourself. Um What is your opinion, right? Just your opinion on um, parents who are kind of raising their children in a more helicopter style or really enabling kind of a weaker identity, you know, like doing everything for them, um, not really forcing them to grow up do you see that harming them as far as really being able to back their that young child being able to grow that ability to um to back themselves yeah i want your opinion on that and then what
1: should we be doing as parents jeez it's a hard one right because my my children i would kill for them i mean uh, these girls mean uh, everything in the world to me and so I think it's a very fine balance. My opinion is, if you'd asked my opinion sort of 20 years ago, it would be to protect those children above and beyond anything, anything possible. But then I had to sit there being so desperately unhappy in a marriage that was falling apart that I was staying in out of fear and staying in to, um, to keep the family stability and to keep the girls happy. Um, because I didn't want them to to experience any turbulence. Um, And I I got to the point where I realised the only thing you can do, whether it's for yourself or for your children, is to commit to doing your very best and um, allowing the challenges to come, but being there and being of support. And I struggled with that for a long time because it's a fine line, isn't it, between caring for your children or just letting them run free range, right <laughs> and, and letting them and and you know my girls will tell you they used to be petrified at times of me they'd say, oh my God, when she brings the hammer down, I mean there was certain expectations. And I think now I would say my opinion is to just be of a hundred percent support behind your child, but let them navigate what they're going through because actually, it's their, it's their life contract. And it's their, it's their situation. You know, my girls have done things that I just so wish they hadn't. And I could see the writing on the wall, but actually, it's their life path. And you know, the biggest thing that's difficult is watching other families who are, who haven't done any personal work, and who are very much stuck in the ego of what is perceived as what's right and what's correct, and what school to go to and how to talk, and watch them judge. When actually underneath, they're so dysfunctional as a as a as a unit. Yeah. Um, watching them judge a child who or a family who's navigating, and a child who's being brave, and a mother who's standing back and learning to let her little ones experience. You know, it's it's a fine line, and I think if I could go back and make some changes, I think I probably would have been less interfering and more saying, okay, how can I handle this to support her, Yeah, support her in that lesson?
0: Yeah.
1: But hey, I mean, just give me your kids a set of car keys at age five and say, going, having fun, right? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so What that I mean. was the um, other question you said? You said
0: uh, mm, right on the tip of my tongue. I don't know. But what would you wish for? If you could wish for anything, what would you wish for?
1: It, for humanity or the world? <sighs> it's so funny. I, um, I wish that everyone would be open to growth. And I wish that everyone would be open to having challenging conversations in a balanced way, because I think that that would really um, help humanity. You know, if you, so if you think about it, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I am not a guru on this, but when I look at behavior, okay, when I look at war, when I look at lies, when I look at deceit, and I look at some of the global leaders around the world, um, I think they're playing really small. I think they're playing so small in their attitude, you know, because there is enough money, there is enough abundance, there is enough joy, there is enough um, from the universe and and nature for us all to live um, a much more elevated lifestyle than we live. And so I think I would wish that people would step more out of ego, less out, be less in ego, should I say, and much more in their true power. Because when you're in your true power, and when you're connected to your authenticity within and your greatness within, you can sit around a, com- a table with some pretty heavy conversations and... And handle them in a balanced way. There's so much anger and so much fear out there, and it's and it's all because the ego is so small, and the ego is frightened of not being seen or noticed or or being the best. I mean, it's 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 BS, really. I mean, it's like, yeah. So I would wish for that. I would wish for elevated conversations. I would wish for personal growth, and um, just an understanding that you know you never know what's going on behind someone's closed door. Yeah. And so you know? Yeah. I totally agree with that.
0: And it, it just thinking about that, you know, having everyone step into personal you- development. Yeah. It's, it, it's like, even if it was as simple of just like teaching it, a segment of it in high school would be life changing for so many individuals
1: Um, you know, and just how to cope. It comes back to that, that, you know, what we said earlier, which is something that you practice all the time now and I practice, which is, you know, instead of going into victim and anger, listen, don't get me wrong, I've been so cross with my ex-husband, but now genuinely, if I saw him, I'd just say, God, I can't thank you enough. I cannot thank you enough for being my mirror because actually it was all everything I needed to change, yeah. everything, You know. and so I think if people can learn to, instead of suddenly going into road raid and effing and blinding and screaming at people, you know, just going, what am I being shown here? Yes. You know, if, if exactly. world leaders could sit down and, you know, look at some of the deceit and the lies and the politics and go, I'm really playing small here. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm in a position where I'm serving the public and yeah. so then let's all pull together you know instead of whose border is that or you know who's got the most ammunition I mean that's fear right so yeah. I think everyone started to they could cope so much better if if they took away that if they took away the fear and just started to say why how can I change this and what is this showing me and why is it showing me? Because like you said, when you get there, within minutes, the challenge is dissipated. Yeah. You no, know, we fuel on fear and anger and bitterness and wanting to be the best and, you know, poverty, all of it, crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, I want to take a moment really fast to acknowledge those watching live. Thank you so much for being here for hanging out with us. If you are watching us on the replay, um, if you could hashtag replay so that we know where you are watching us at, we can send you some love. But this conversation has been phenomenal. And I would love for you to um, tell us more about what you do exactly and your book and uh, where
1: we can find you for those that are resonating with your story. Okay. So my book is called The Six Essential Steps, and that's going to be published um, spring next year. So you can actually pre-register it on um, my website, which is joannelswelljones.com. And um, The Six Essential Steps are about, obviously, the six core principles in life. Um, What I do now is, so I do public speaking. I have a podcast. The podcast is Um, life stories a little bit like Sabrina's on basically strength and helping people to. so it's stories about people who have tapped into their own amazing strength by overcoming some incredible adversity in life so the conversations are always uplifting and inspiring and there's some great stories on there Um, my work during the day is I do life improvement um, coaching and mentoring and mindset coaching and mentoring and that's all about really helping you to overcome or helping people to overcome um, challenge, adversity, work on the six essential steps. So whether it's you're handling a divorce, whether it's you're you know, navigating a new business, whether it's whatever imbalance is in your life, that's what we work on with the six essential steps. So we work on those precious core principles so that then you can have balance in all of your life and become the person you really desire to be. So that's the work. Um, and public speaking. And, yeah, that's it. And it's com, And you can find me on Facebook or you can find me on Instagram. And connect with me. It would be lovely to hear from you.
0: I love it. Absolutely. I
1: love that. What are your big dreams for your business? Um well, there's three books, and I've been given a, a publishing deal for um, you know three books, so to be a best-selling author is absolutely you know, um, on the cards because that's kind of my gift that I'd like to give to humanity. Um, yeah, to just be the very best I can be, but not coming from competition and really just coming from um, authentic strength, you know, really authentic strength, and to never stop growing ever ever stop growing so I guess that's going to mean a lot more challenges along the way as well yeah yeah and I think that's a lot
0: of what humans need just in general it's just a real eye-opening thought process of how important it is for us to reach our potential Mm -hmm. you know I think that there's a a lack of striving for that and just kind of staying in this mediocre life and state of mind that is really keeping people from stepping up.
1: Well, you know, it's I couldn't agree with you more. And I don't know if you've heard of Dolores Cannon, but um, Dolores Cannon is one of the most um, infamous um, life regressionists, hypnotherapists, and she developed a technique called QHHT, which basically takes you back into your subconscious. And she's done. She's written over fourteen books. Honestly, everybody Google her. Her name's Dolores Cannon. Her work's phenomenal. But what um, what it explains, and in answer to what you know, um, Sabrina's just said about you know wanting everyone to grow. One of the problems we have on this planet with Earth is that every time we reincarnate, we keep making the same mistakes, and we're not evolving as we should do. Um, and And that's why apparently there are lots of conversations going on up there as to how can we get these people to actually overcome the life contracts and the lessons? Because, of course, when we come in, we have a set plan. We have a set plan. We choose our life challenges. We choose our burdens. We choose our parents. We choose the lot. And the point is to learn to overcome that. But like you said, so many people get stuck in the small ego mindset and the day-to-day of life that they stop challenging themselves and they avoid it rather than embracing it and rather than stepping out of that comfort zone. So it's a big problem apparently. So they say up there that it is a big problem that there should be more people, we should all be up for growth much more. So I completely agree with you. It's it's a really important subject. And just working on, you know, your relationships, um, because what I understand, and I did a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago with a woman called um, Joe Honey Thomas, who's written a book called Mastering Old Earth. What I understand is the point is the game of life is that we learn to unconditionally love, but we learn to unconditionally love facing challenge and adversity so even though that my ex-husband was atrocious to me at times or even though someone went through such incredible hardship the point is we're supposed to grow and expand ourselves to the point of acknowledging it acknowledging the hurt and and the betrayal and everything that we feel but understanding it and then moving on to still unconditionally loving and and that's not what we're doing so I think we all need to be going back to the drawing board and um, go back to school and do it.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Why do you do what you do? Because it's just so, it comes intuitively and it makes me feel so good. Like, you know what? What is so exciting than being in your own authority? I mean, is there anything more exciting than that, than just knowing that you 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 are you have the autonomy to, to do and create and be the very best of yourself yeah you know i mean i set myself challenges all the time like this year's challenge is no alcohol and i'm 10 months in and i'm loving it you know i don't know what next year's challenge is going to be but we there's been so much growth just with that alone and so that's why i do it i don't think i don't i remember actually my ex-husband saying to me you never, never stop. And he said, you know, when we first met, he said, you know, I was here and you were there. He said, now you're there and I'm still here. He said, I, I don't want to go there with you. And, you know, that, that was the night we, we decided to divorce. I said, you wow. know, I, I get that. I understand. I, he said, I feel like you're holding a gun against my head, asking me to go somewhere that I don't want to go. Wow. And I I really respect that, I said, but equally, I can't not grow i can't not yeah i can't, it. yeah, and, and at the point that we realized it was going to be very difficult to navigate a happy and successful marriage yeah. um, when the, the the philosophies of people are just two poles apart,
0: yeah, I totally agree. I was having that conversation with another woman um Uh, who was a dating coach. And I had asked her that as far as her spouse and whether or not he was also into personal development. And she said, no, not at all. And it didn't bother her at all. And I kind of just deep down inside was like, I wonder how long that'll last not to be rude, but just because Yeah. yeah, once you get on it and you understand it and when you're at a certain level, There is things that like your entire community and world and friends and family has to like, they have to come with you. Like, because there's certain boundaries and there's certain things that you then start to expect from people. And if they're not showing up the way that you know they should or could or the potential or whatever it is, it starts to get really hard to navigate
1: i agree completely and, and and that's what i experienced when i was retraining from you know um, hospitality into natural medicine you know I, as i was beginning to grow then behaviours and relationships that once felt right no longer felt right and here's the thing you know it's not that you're meant to remain in a relationship that no longer is serving you <clears throat> or you're meant to stay in that marriage or whatever it may be, or that job. The point is, when you recognize, because everything's just a mirror, so whenever you're being treated unfairly or badly or mistreated, it's because that's the way you're treating yourself. When you get that and you start to do this work, this, these steps that we're talking about, of course, then as your vibration change and as you start to heal, what felt right no longer feels right. And I guess the, the biggest point that I'm learning is that, and that's okay, that's okay. And it's a way of parting in a way that doesn't completely annihilate or destroy the other person, but with a with a balanced maturity of this is time. You know, they say that, and, and I really, really believe this, that, you know, there are too many um, situations relationships that are so interdependent and it's so toxic because you know a person will behave in a certain way um to make sure they remain in that relationship ideally what we're meant to do is we're meant to kind of travel alongside each other side by side but independently and at times you know we'll go apart and then we'll come back and grow or it might be that you know we're just no longer mirroring or vibrating at the same frequency, and therefore it's time to move on. Um, and and that's that's people. I think stay in relationships and jobs and lifestyles that are so out of date and not serving them. And that could be, you know, the health, the wellness, the lifestyle, the job, all of it.
0: Yeah, definitely, I agree with yeah. you.
1: This has been phenomenal.
0: Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Just sit and talk for another hour. Um, Any closing thoughts as we start to wrap up
1: here? Yeah. Just remember that you know, one, your soul never takes on anything your backbone can't handle. So the moment you try and say, "I didn't ask for this," or "This is unfair," you did. You really did. And that you know, the task ahead is never as great as that power within. And just be up for it. Your life can be, of course it's gonna be tumultuous, but it's so exciting when you're up for the growth and exploring human potential. And it's only through adversity. Well, it's not only through adversity that we get that growth, but more often than not, (laughs) we tend to listen to the challenge rather than the, the good experiences. So, just embrace it all. Yeah.
0: Lovely. That would be it.
1: And sending everyone so much love and so much happiness. And you're all amazing and magnificent far more magnificent than you could ever, ever realize. I love it. Where can people buy your book? Well, um, it's going to be published by Olympia Publishers in the UK and the US. And so that will be coming out next year. I believe it's going to be, um, it's a hard copy, soft copy, ebook. Um, so it will be in the stores and it will be online. But I will come back and let you all know where you can yeah. find it. And you can yeah. certainly register on my website as well, and then we'll let you know. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that.
0: Yes, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, For those of you watching live or on the replay, if you resonated with Joanne and all the goodness that she shared, um, make sure to connect with her. Her website is joanneoswelljones.com. The link should be in the description wherever you are listening to us at. She can also be found on Facebook and Instagram under her name. Your name? Correct. Awesome. Very cool. We love to connect people here on this platform in order to continue to all rise. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of Her Aversion. This community is expanding every single day and is filled with females who are striving to do better than they did yesterday. If you are new to this podcast, make sure that you like and subscribe. If you have a story to share, Be sure to reach out to me here or at hernation.life. I am your host, Sabrina Victoria, and I'm so grateful to be here sharing a platform that allows people to share their truth and inspire others. As always, do something awesome today. Much love.